Welcome everyone. Today we're unpacking together one of the most fun movies in recent years, Free Guy. This film is set against the backdrop of a fictitious video game, Free City. And in this game, players customize their own character and complete tasks that are often achieved through violence and destruction, a whole lot of it. The game offers a reality similar to our own, yet one that is able to be customized. The only limit to the game is the player's imagination, which explains the zipliners with bazookas, bodyguards dressed in bunny suits, and hot air balloons, and the Pegasus roaming wildly. However, we quickly see the tension and chaos that accompanies that kind of unlimited freedom. There you met Guy, a non-playable character also known as an NPC who exists as a bank teller. His programmed objective is to surrender money when real life players, avatars wearing sunglasses, rob his bank. Guy lives paycheck to paycheck. He seems happy living a boring and uneventful life because he has a best friend, a goldfish, and enjoys a great cup of coffee every morning. And he wears his signature light blue shirt every single day. At this point, he has no idea that he is an NPC, a non-playable character. He is oblivious to the fact that he is merely a background character in a video game. But like many of us, in the midst of routine, Guy begins to notice something is just missing inside of him. Even though everything externally seems to be just right, Guy longed for someone, a girl. He sensed that the girl of his dreams was out there, even though his best friend Buddy, the policeman, kept telling him she was just a fantasy. Guy was living the life. He had no reason to question anything until he encounters the girl of his dreams, Molotov Girl. Have you ever had that moment? The moment where you stopped and you wondered that is there more to life than just my routine? The moment you realize that though there might be some external freedoms in your life, there's still an inner freedom that is missing. Maybe you've had many of those moments, but you just didn't know what to do about them. So like many others, you took that inner, deeper desire and the connection that was missing and you just went right back to living life the same way. You ignored it. But deep inside, there's something still missing, something more. See, part of the reason we long for a deeper connection and that inner freedom is because God designed us for it. See, Genesis, the first book of the Jewish scriptures, offers an insight into how God created everything, including human beings. And in it, we get a glimpse of our original design. We believe that our longing for things like beauty and purpose and freedom is a result of being created in God's image. We are designed to be fruitful, to steward God's creation, and to live with purpose. So the account in Genesis goes like this. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make humans in our image, to be like us, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth. So God created human beings in his own image and in the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. See, in the original creation account, humans walked in intimacy with their creator, and they enjoyed incredible freedoms. They lived with no guilt, no shame, just freedom. You and I, 
were made in the image of God and designed to be fruitful, to govern, to live a life of purpose. It's the longing that is inside of us, put there by God himself, the longing for more. I remember one of my first glimpses of this longing. I was in high school. I felt so disconnected from people and from God. My family had moved from Brazil to Michigan, and in a pursuit of connection, I started getting deep into a life of drug use, lies, and a lot of deception. When I finally hit some walls, I began to finally turn to God. I joined a group of teens at a nearby church for a student retreat, and there with a couple hundred other students, I heard someone share their story of how God changed them from a drug dealer to a peace dealer. That night, the group of teens, they huddled around a bonfire and began singing to God and calling on Jesus. I joined them and I opened my heart for the very first time honestly before my Creator. I started singing, I prayed, and I took some steps toward God, and then He took some steps toward me. I was so overwhelmed that night by love. My heart was filled, peace flooded my soul, and I got a small glimpse of something that I was deeply longing for, but I had never experienced before. See, Guy got a glimpse of that more, so he couldn't settle for the ordinary life anymore. His longing was somehow connected to a woman, one with the sunglasses people. But avatars wearing sunglasses were controlled by real life players, unlike the NPCs like Guy. But Guy could not settle for the emptiness anymore. Guy's eyes were open. He has a glimpse of the truth. Something inside of him came alive when he put on the sunglasses which revealed the reality of a whole nother world that was previously unseen to him. He now had a glimpse of a deeper truth, which he knew had something to do with the sunglasses people. But even more specific, it was Molotov girl, the dream girl. But Guy could still tell that something was distorted about the world, something was wrong. Now, something you need to know about Molotov Girl is that she's a character in Free City controlled by real-life player Millie, who is the co-creator of the original game called Life Itself, a game with computer-generated characters that interact and actually evolve. Life Itself, however, was hijacked by Antoine, a selfish and brilliant Silicon Valley-like entrepreneur who stole their code and used it to create the new game, Free City. That's the game that Guy lives in as an NPC, a non-playable character. Not only that, but Millie's best friend, Keys, who co-created the original game with her, now works for Antoine, the very person who stole their code and distorted their creation. So as you can imagine, tension was in the air. Now things get a little complicated. As you heard Millie mention, the game that Millie and Keys designed, Antoine stole and distorted, leaving many NPCs trapped in a world of chaos and broken codes. This is actually quite parallel to our reality. You see, God created us for life itself, but we also have an enemy who is out to keep us from that life. This enemy is known as Satan, and because he cannot create anything, he works very hard to destroy and distort what God has created us for. Jesus called this enemy a thief, and he said, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, those God's desire is for us to live that kind of life. We often settle for a distorted version of life. It's worth pausing and just asking this question. How rich 
as, and satisfying is my life. See, not in terms of money and pleasures, but are you fulfilled at a heart level? Because you see, until your heart is fully alive, you will try to satisfy it with just about everything in order to fill that void inside. Guy got a glimpse of real life, but he didn't understand how to really get close to his creator, Millie. So Guy goes on a quest to level up, thinking that by leveling up, by being the good guy, he can earn her approval. There's nothing bad about being the good guy, but Guy's quest reminds us that being good is just not good enough. There are lots of good people who are very empty inside. I actually love Millie's question here. Why are you doing all this? Have you stopped to ask that question? Why are you doing all this? Why do you go to work and earn the money and raise the kids and live out the routines and even try to do good things? I think we would all agree that it's pretty clear most people typically strive to do good in order to earn something. It's to level up and experience something greater. However, the path to goodness is often a distortion of the enemy. Statistically speaking, most people in America believe that it is by being good that I can go to heaven, which is actually contrary to the very thing that Jesus taught his followers and the apostle Paul wrote about. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done so that none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You and I are far from being good enough to please a perfect God. We have to rely on God's grace for that. In essence, Paul reminds us that we are his masterpiece. And when we are renewed in Jesus, the natural outcome is to do the good things that God planned for us. Some people say, well, didn't God give us though the Bible so that we can understand his standards and live the good enough life so that we can be righteous enough before his eyes? Well, the problem with that is the scripture actually says, no one is righteous, not even one, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely gives us right righteousness in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. See, the desire to do good is there for a reason, but it's not so that we can earn God's favor. It's there to remind us of who God is. He is a good God. And that by knowing this good God, good things will flow out of our lives. Many people are still trying to get to God through human terms, religions, good deeds, accomplishments. But ask yourself this question, how good is good enough? See, at the end of the day, our man-made religions and good deeds and good works alone are just not good enough. They still leave us empty. Deep inside, Guy actually knew this as well. He said, I was stuck, then I saw you. See, he began to see that relationship with her, his creator, was key to his heart coming fully alive. Now, Millie knew 
that embedded in Free City was her original code. And the only way to restore her creation and save Guy was to get into the game herself, put on the skin of her avatar, Molotov Girl, and partner with Guy to find the original code. But to do so, she needs to convince Guy that though he is artificial intelligence, that they did create him to evolve, to find freedom, and to actually think on his own. They needed him to know that without the original code, his world would be doomed. Guy had to face here the fact that he was not who he thought he was. He was a fake. One of the greatest or strangest moments in life is when we realize how sinful we are and how undeserving we actually are of God's love. When we come to grips with that reality that we are created for more and we can't earn our way to that more, it often leaves us very confused and disoriented. Have you ever gone through an identity crisis where you just don't feel good enough? Guy had that moment and it literally broke him. He lost himself again. He started believing that because leveling up was not the answer, he was worthless. So he was just a background player now, unloved. He understood some of the truth, but he didn't understand love. So Millie came to him to remind him that he is valuable. She came back and reminded him of who he was. He needed a kiss from his creator. What I love about this scene is that it's actually a perfect picture of what God does with us. See, one of the greatest tensions of life is between love and truth, righteousness and peace. Most people want to separate these two sides of life, even in our understanding of God. See, love without truth means that anything counts and everything is relative. As long as it feels good, you should do it. You choose your path, there are no guidelines, no absolutes, you follow your emotions and your heart only. Do relationships however feels right to you, choose whatever gives you pleasure, which leaves you in great chaos. God being truthful and just means he has to punish sin. He can't leave sin unpunished. So we do deserve what our sins have earned us, which is death and separation from God. However, God is also love which means that in His grace, God stepped into His creation and through Jesus took our punishment that we deserved upon Himself, fulfilling justice and giving us the opportunity to come near to Him blameless. Psalm 85.10 says, Unfailing love and truth have met together, righteousness and peace have kissed. See, that psalm was speaking of Jesus who later in the account of John, one of uh, Jesus' disciples would remind us of the very same thing. In John chapter one, it says this, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, is in closest relationship with the Father and has made him known. Here's the point. The key to experiencing life itself is embracing both truth and love. Guy got this. Guy discovered his purpose. He knew the truth about himself and his creator. He also now got a glimpse of his creator's love. He now had a clear purpose and an assignment. He needs to help the world that he is in find the world they were created for. 
He wanted everyone to know the good news that there is a better place waiting for them. But when the devil knows you found your purpose, he tries to stop you. When the devil knows you found your purpose, he goes after you with his destruction. He tries to stop you. Guy made it to the very end. It's one of life's greatest goals to live out your purpose and know there's a better place awaiting you. But it's not easy. Many will doubt you. There are questions that won't be answered until you get to the other side. So it requires perseverance, strength, grit, and a lot of faith. Paul explained his radical posture of living like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He said it this way, I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. Here's the point. Our longing for freedom is only fulfilled in knowing God. God designed us to know Him, to live with Him, to live in freedom. Have you stopped long enough to realize that your longing for more is because you are made to know your Creator? When Guy finally realized that there was more to life than the routine, he tried to get close to Millie, his Creator, by leveling up and being a good guy, which left him even more confused and empty. Have you been trying to get close to God through human terms? realizing that religions and good behaviors only leave us longing for more. See, just as Millie stepped into her created world to remind Guy who he was and to give him a purpose, Jesus stepped into our world to speak to us, to show us that the pathway to freedom is found by knowing him intimately, by receiving the kiss where love and truth collide. Have you acknowledged God's act of love towards you? Acknowledging the truth of your sin, but then also receiving His loving grace. Would you take a moment to invite Him into that space of your life, to invite Him into your story, to be at the very center of it? Maybe God has already awakened you. Maybe you found life in Jesus. But the reminder today is to live for another kingdom. Guy risked it all to bring others like him to a better place, the place that they were originally designed for. I wonder if God is asking some of you today to just renew your commitment to that mission, to run the race with faithfulness, to not give up, to stand firm against the enemy's schemes to destroy you. He wants you to be stuck in the meaningless, the empty life. But Jesus he came to rescue you from that life and called you into a temporary assignment to bring as many people as possible into His kingdom. Would you commit yourself freshly to Him to be that kind of agent of His love? Here's the point. What is God saying to you about your purpose? What is He saying to you about the place that He wants to have in your story? See, there's someone in your school that needs God. There's a family member that is awaiting for you to just invite them to hear more about them. There are co-workers and neighbors and others that God's placed in your life so that you can point the way. See, I believe Jesus doesn't just want to be a side note in our story. He wants to be the very center 
of this story. I wonder if you'd join me in prayer and inviting God into that part of our story. Father, would you come? Would you send your spirit? Would you allow us the grace and the privilege to be a part of the greater purpose that you created us for? We commit ourselves to you. We know, Jesus, that it's only in you that we find life itself. So we are yours, and we invite you to be at the very center of our stories. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.